Hi there, healers. My name is Dave of Dave of the Flames. I'm a Reiki teacher, life coach, and a clear cognizant. I blend these energies so that I can help you be the healer that you are meant to be. You work hard at taking care of others. Heal the Healers is a podcast that will help you find ways to take care of yourself. Do you often find yourself tired, low on energy, and overcommitted because you can't say no? I want to give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can work smarter and help more people around the world. No matter what healing modality you do, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two. Uh, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. If we're able to get through episode one and you decided to return, that's that's good. I'm happy. <laughs> um, today, I thought what we would talk about is... Uh, one of my favorite topics, one of my hardest topics, is um, how to survive as an empath. I think this is probably one of the biggest things that healers have to resolve at some point in their life. Usually when we're trying to resolve this, um, you're getting in touch with your empathy, controlling your empathy, putting up um, shields, uh, you know, so that you don't absorb other people's emotions. Uh, it's, it's hard and it's something that, you know, there's, yeah, there's books on it, but you don't, you don't really think about it. Like you don't understand what's going on when it begins to happen to you. You know, if you're lucky that you have another family member who's just as, as strong and talented as a healer as you are, and they identify and they're able to, to help you, that's wonderful. Um, but a lot of times, um, it just creates problems because you're trying to figure out what it, what all these emotions are. Why why do you feel things so differently than other people in your family? Um, I was working with someone uh, probably about six months ago, and she was 18 at the time and just had all kinds of, of, of issues um, growing up. And her family was very uh, detached and analytical, um, an engineer's family. Um, you know, mother, mom and dad were engineers. Older brother uh, was going to school to be an engineer. So they had that mentality. But her way of thinking, her way of seeing life was not in an analytical way. Uh, it was pure emotion. And that made it to where life in her house growing up was harder on her. Um, and her parents didn't understand. And she was just always told, well, you're just so emotional. You're just so emotional. Um, and yeah. <laughs> but it was to the point to where she didn't understand how to control these, um, you know, these emotions. So her mom um, reached out to me and got her a, a gift certificate and I started working with her. And it was, it was pretty amazing. Just over maybe three or four sessions to where we started to identify and, you know, helped her figure out what emotions were hers, what emotions belonged to other people in her life and why she was holding on to so many different things. Um, and, and it made it hard. You know, she, she cried all the time. She, she cried a lot. And um, it was just the, the overpowering emotions. So she would just hear, hear a story of a stranger and she would just begin crying because she was just feeling the pain that the stranger was presenting with. So her and I worked on, on trying to figure out how to set some boundaries, how to, how to create some alone time and regroup. 
um, and, and just, just different things. So I want to kind of go over that kind of stuff with you guys today. Talk about what it means to be an empath. Um, personally, I, uh, I have, <laughs> I am all the time being told that I'm too emotional. Um, you know, but you get, you get control of it. You, 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 you deal with it. But one of the problems with being emotional when you're growing up is, uh, internally you kind of see yourself as a victim and you put on that victim mentality, um, because you're untrained as an empath, you create or condone toxic relationships. Um, and then one of the most unfortunate things is that people who are narcissists generally are attracted to you because you have such a giving spirit and a giving soul. And then a narcissist is a, a, a taker. So a narcissist will grab hold of an empath and take, take, take until you literally have nothing left and you're just left with this dry husk of a shell. And the relationship that you've developed with this narcissist has become so toxic that it ends up, you end up walking away. But a lot of times you end up crawling away, limping away, or just left on the ground and the narcissist walks away. So what I want to do is just kind of kind of talk about these different scenarios and these situations and figure out some ways that we can kind of help help you feel more at peace and help you feel more whole uh, as a person so that you feel that you have control over your emotions. A lot of times when I'm talking to someone, for me personally, um, I can kind of see emotions as colors. And I, I don't know how to, I don't know, really know how to explain that in, in a lot of detail other than the fact that I'll, I'll just get flashes of different colors when I'm talking to someone. Like my eyes are playing tricks on me. Um, and I, I've learned to see these colors and kind of understand that they they match up with, with different emotions or different trauma or different pain in a person. And so I'm able to identify. So when I see someone um, with, with certain colors, it, it kind of helps me to understand. Um, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a lie detector slash, um, you know, tool for, for identifying the truth and the, and the realness in someone. You know, I, I can tell when someone is being fake and I can tell when someone's being protective. I can tell when someone is, is being forthright and, and just vulnerable based on some of the colors that I see when I'm talking to them. And this has, has helped me, uh, you know, especially now in, in the career field that I've chosen, but you know, growing up, I didn't understand it. I, I didn't even acknowledge it for years. Um, but then when I realized what it was and you know, what, what an incredible gift it was, I could see and feel how people were. And it just, it helps me to dive deeper, especially as a life coach. I mean, it's a, being an empath and being a life coach is, is very good because I can feel someone when they're talking to me and feel their pain, feel their misery, feel their anguish. But I can also feel the shift when something that I say or something that I talk about of a way to, for them to transform and expand so that they can heal themselves. So 
as an empath, we're being able to, to see that and feel that is a really uh, valuable tool as, as a coach. And I use it in both my business coaching and my life coaching. Uh, but I also use it uh, in my Reiki healing, you know, for all, all, all the times that I do Reiki and, you know, when I'm doing any kind of, of psychic surgery on someone with Reiki or when I'm trying to do a healing attunement with Reiki or helping someone deal with, um, you know, prolonged pain or anguish or to help someone remove uh, just, just some trauma from their chakras and soul uh, and their, their aura, um, you know, with, with whatever I, I'm doing, it's really it's really been helpful to have, to be an empath in order to experience all of that. Because when you're with someone and you can feel their pain and then, and then you, during the same session you feel their joy, you know that you're on the right path and it helps to, to spark these different things in order to help them. So after three or four sessions with this young woman, it, it was just to the point to where we, we figured out who in her life was toxic to her, who in her life was not taking advantage of her, who had her best interest at heart, and then also for her to be able to, to deal with these emotions and deal with other people's emotions. One thing that we identified with her was that when she could not read an emotion, then she felt like she was not whole and not complete. So for her, because her family was so analytical and they, they repressed their emotions so much, she always felt like an outsider. She felt like she didn't belong. She felt like she didn't know how to communicate. So then I just had to, I, I just taught her and showed her tips of how she could adapt to that and what she could do. And then the communication started flowing within her family in a very short time. And then with her, you know, certain friends who, also had um, levels of empathy as well in order to increase those relationships um, and make them more solid and more whole and, and turn them into a support system. And then there was a, a, a very toxic, um, you know, boyfriend in the mix who just belittled and tried to put out this young woman's light. And she didn't see it, you know, because for her, it was just like, no, he doesn't mean it. Well, yeah. He does you know and and getting her to realize it's like this is not a, this is not a, a way that a normal healthy relationship is when the other person has to feel strong by putting you down so you know when i worked with her and, and we we went through these things it, it was very enlightening to her and where she's at today you know six months later she's she's just absolutely flourishing um she left recently to go to another state and she's just doing so well we keep in contact and i'm really i'm really proud of her progress and i'm really proud of the changes and i'm really proud of the life path that she's chosen because she has chosen uh herself to become a healer and it, it it's it's pretty amazing uh with with what she she is is looking to do um she works a lot with animals with with pets and she realizes that pets have a way of healing them themselves. So connecting people with pets, connecting people with, uh, you know, animal support dogs is something that is just a, a big thing for her. She loves training, uh, animals. So that I, I see a, a great path ahead for her where she's helping, uh, connect people who need animal support, um, connecting them to, and, and I'm just, I'm really proud of her. 
So these are all things that when you're you're working with someone, you see this growth and this development, but you, you, you see the pain as well. You know, there are many times in your life, if you're listening to this episode, if this title, Heal the Healers, caught your attention, and you're thinking, okay, well, I want to listen to this to see, see what this guy's about. That's exactly what it is about, is I spend my life, my mission, my purpose, is to help healers heal themselves so that they can heal others. And the way that I do that is I go into a healer's life, and, and a lot of times they may not even know they're healers. I work Again, I work with so many different levels of, of professionals and, and professions and, and men and women and different age groups, different generations. But the overall theme has always been life purpose. You know, what is... What is what is this person's life purpose? I'm, I'm very, very good at helping you find your life's purpose. Then when we find your life's purpose, I help you figure out a way to monetize it. How can you make a living in today's society doing your life purpose? The biggest problem I have with healers is they feel that they don't have the, they don't provide value or they don't value themselves. So they give away a lot of their talents because they think that it's horrible to charge someone in order to help them. How can I charge someone who's sick? How can I charge someone who needs me? Um, and that's like, that's one of the biggest, especially as an empath, because you're like, um, you know, what's your hourly rate? Well, my hourly rate is hundred. I mean, I mean 50, I, I, I mean 30. Oh, wait, well, uh, I'll just do it for free. You know, that's like the a normal conversation with a new healing empath. Um, and, and you know it, you've been there just when I said that. I know you're laughing right now because that's true. You know, because you, you don't have the confidence, the, the self-worth, the self-esteem to say, hey, I'm pretty incredible and I'm valuable and I'm going to charge you $80 an hour in order to come into your life and heal you. Or I'm going to charge you this set for this package. I'm going to charge you this amount of money for this class that I'm going to teach. You know, what, whatever it is. But a new empath and a new healer, they, they never think of these kind of things in that way because they don't know the value of their gift and they don't know the value of themselves. And they've been beaten down because they're an empath because of people just taking advantage of them. So when I come into your life, I, I want to teach you to be a badass. I want you to be a badass healing person that goes in as like, uh-huh, I am here. Let's get this healing shit going because we are about to work and your life is going to change because you met me today. You know, and that's that's a little bit over the top, but at the same time, I've said those words as I walked into a room, so I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I can be a little full of myself at times, but I'm full of myself in a loving, positive way to where I can laugh at myself. But at the same time, I'm full of myself in a way that I realize my value. I realize that I walk into someone's life and I change it for the better. And I don't have a quantifying scientific way that I do it. I have no freaking clue how I do it. Half the time, I don't remember half the conversations that I've had because these conversations are on such a deep spiritual level that at, at times I just feel like I've got the angels with me. I've got spirit guides with me. I've got ancestors with me. I've got your ancestors with all these different things. So there's so much going on that I, I don't remember the conversations. I don't remember what we talked about last week, but at the same time, the healing happened. So even though I can't quantify what I do, 
I can say that I do wonderful things for people. And that's what I teach people to do. I teach people to do this. I teach empaths that you need to be a badass, you know, and, and so many empaths, everybody, and this is a big misconception. People think that an outgoing empath, someone who um, is, is really into this, are extroverts. You know, walk into a room, command the room. You, you know, you got leadership skills. Um, that's so not true. A lot of times, some of the the introvert or some of the extroverted empaths that people see, they're truly introverts. But they just they know that they have to. To get up there and do these things, they have to get up on stage. They have to get out and heal. They have to get up before the group and teach a class. They have to get up in front of people and bear their soul. So, what happens a lot of time is an empath will turn to um, drugs or alcohol or different ways of or even sex for coping. You know, trying to figure out what ways, coping skills of how not to feel so much, how how to turn things off. So when I come into someone's life and I'm working with a new empath, I'm like, okay, so let's figure out, let's try and build some routines. Because as, as an empath, you need routines. You really, really do. An empath without a routine is just lost and scattered. So building those morning routines, building, building out you know, any kind of work or afternoon routines, building out a fitness routine, a health routine, uh, a, an evening routine, you know, when to start shutting your mind down in the evening. Um, when is time for self-care? You know, uh, being able to apply all of all of these things as an empath is huge. And building that routine is one of the number one things that you can do to survive as an empath. Another thing that you need as an empath is you need to have some alone time. You need to schedule it. You need to talk to your family about it. You need to have a place in your house that you can go that no one's allowed for a certain time where you can just go and read, uh, rejuvenate, take a bath, uh, you know, wh whatever you need to do to be on your own. Uh, go to the gym, uh, throw the headphones in and just slam down a workout, um, go on a run, um, you, you know, anything, anything at all to where you're alone to clear away the muddle and to clear away everybody else's emotions, but just to get away from people so that you can regroup and recharge that is so necessary for an empath another thing for an empath is literally getting out in nature uh, nature provides such healing energy to an empath for an empath to walk up to a tree and just touch it or a bush or a rose and just touch it there, there's life in that that part of nature and you're connecting with it on a level that people can't see in a way that you don't understand. But when you connect with nature as an empath, you're pulling in that energy that is freely offered and given. And it's, it's one of the most amazing ways for an empath to be able to recharge, for an empath to be able to feel calm, for an empath to be able to have some shields up so that you're blocking out other people's pain, other people's misery. So these are definite things that are very helpful to you. Another thing you can do is breathing. You know, Wim Hof is uh, somebody that I follow a lot and his breathing techniques and, and 
his cold shower is a little rough. Uh, you know, let me tell you, I haven't mastered that yet at all. But the breathing techniques, I feel like I have mastered. I, I, I feel so good when I do his primal breathing and, and when I do the different techniques that he uses for breathing. Because in your breath is power. In, in your breath, in your breathing, in the way that you bring things into your body through breath is total power. You know, I, I do several techniques and rituals where I'm, I'm breathing in the power of the universe. I'm breathing in the power of angels. I'm breathing in the power of my ancestors. Um, and, and I visualize these different techniques in order to, to bring that energy in, in order to replenish me. Uh, and in order to cleanse away, you, you know, the negative effects or, or the, the spiritual toxins that have been, that have been um, accumulating. So breath is extremely, extremely important. Uh, visualization is another one. Being able to visualize things is one of the most incredible, powerful techniques that you can, that you can used to survive as an empath because you're visualizing the good coming in. You're visualizing the bad going away. You're visualizing toxins just dripping off of your body in the form of what emotions would be dripping off, going into the ground. You're visualizing the ground, uh, seeping into the ground and then the soil taking this energy and filtering it and turning all of this negative, angry, punitive energy into love and then that love being sent throughout the earth and and just being absorbed by the roots of trees or bushes and shrubs and, and then just being repurposed throughout the planet that's what visualization does for you and that's how it, it helps you and it's so powerful using visualization as part of your meditation techniques uh, is extremely important as an empath, you want to use meditation a lot. Um, and I'm not talking about like 30 minutes of a day or three hours a day or something like that. Sometimes a, just a little three minute meditation is all that you need. You know, you want to ground yourself. Personally, what I do is I just, I'll stand in a quiet room or I'll stand outside, close my eyes for a moment, lift my head up, think about the power of the universe that, that, it, that I'm connected to. And as I'm connected to the power of the universe, I simply just envision these tree roots coming down through my feet and going into the earth. And then the earth cleaning and filtering and nourishing the energy that I'm sending down and sending that positive, loving energy back up into my body. That sometimes can just take two minutes of the quiet, you know, gorilla meditations is what they're called when you do stuff like that. Even if you're in a, a busy room or a busy elevator, just closing your eyes and just being quiet for a moment and visualizing this is enough to keep you grounded. And grounding yourself is going to allow yourself to feel unshakable, steady. No one can knock you over. And you use that as a, as a, 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 a technique to make you spiritually tough, mentally tough, and physically tough. And it's pretty incredible with the things that you're able to do with that. Another thing is water, um, taking a shower or just washing your hands. You know, I, I, I love taking showers. You know, for me, I've done Reiki on all of my, all my shower nozzles, all my water things in my house. And I was, you know, 
say whenever water comes out of it, it's it's just infusing life force energy in, into me. So when I'm in the shower, some of my best ideas and meditations and visualizations come to me while I'm in the shower because the water is just able to, the water is healing me. The water is helping me understand things at a higher level. So when you connect with water, when you go to the beach, when you go into nature, when you swim, um, you, you know, aqua therapy, water therapy, it, it, it's, it's powerful. But literally, if you just go to a sink, if, if you're in a, like, if you're in a busy family setting and you can't get away, you can't do all that stuff, just going to the sink, washing your hands with the intention of, I want to ground. I want to feel the, the power of water. I want to feel this grounding energy that I need right now so that I can feel whole and complete and strong. Um, you know, and, and that, that's pretty incredible. The other survival technique is one thing I just mentioned is intention. I think intention is one of the, one of the most powerful things that any healer can use because no matter what you're attempting to do, if you start off at first with an intention, then you're stating what it is that you want to happen with this. Whenever I buy a, a new crystal, I always take time, take a little bit of time to get to know it. I hold it in my hands. I will feel its energy coming into me, you know, and then I'm, I'm expressing gratitude for it. And then as soon as I feel that a connection with the energy from the crystal, I put my intention into the crystal of what I would like it to do. You know, crystals, are run at a certain vibration, you know, and you can look up, you know, all, all crystals to see what vibration they run at, kind of see what they help you with. And then I set the intention for that crystal. You know, I, I have some rose quartz that I use to help with relationships. And sometimes I'll, I'll get a crystal for a relationship with a certain person. I'll, you know, I'll be like, Hey, you know, I, I'd like to really build a really, a really great, respectful co-working relationship with my coworker. So I would like to put the intention in this clear course that while it sits on my desk, that all interaction that I have with this coworker is positive and loving and for my and his greatest good and that no one shall be harmed. You know, you want to say these kind of things as your intention. And, and it's incredible because then every time you look at that crystal, you just feel this sense of peace and warmth. And you look at the coworker and you smile and then when you're radiating that energy towards this coworker, they're feeling it. And then they will mirror that and radiate that type of energy back. And, and, and that is, that's pretty incredible. Another good tool for uh, empath survivability is gratitude. You know, being, being grateful for these gifts, but being grateful for your ability to heal others, being grateful for your ability to identify that someone needs you, that being grateful that you are different than others, that in your own way, you're your own little superhero. And being grateful for all that you have and living in the present moment is, is something that, that is pretty incredible. Most empaths, I would say a high degree of them that I meet, live so far in the past and they have so much shame and guilt and lack of self-worth that they don't live in the present. They're, they're living primarily in the past. 
So by teaching them these techniques that I just talked about is, is a way that I can help them move from the past and into the present. Because when you have someone who is still shaken by something that happened 15 years ago, or I'll be talking to someone and things that happened between the age of seven to nine years old are still very prevalent in their life because they saw this type of behavior when they were eight, because they saw this type of, uh, of problem that they had when they were nine years old. But it's, it, it's now, they're now 29. So 20 years have passed and these problems are still dictating and hurting them in everyday life and they don't realize it. So helping them clear the negativity, clear the pain, clear the shame, and turn that into something positive for your life is definitely something that as an empath you need to process. But coming up with another empath or someone to help you, trusting them. And one thing an empath should never do is try and take on someone else's pain in order to shield that person. Because if you're an empath and you're taking on someone else's shame or taking on someone else's pain, then they're not going to be able to experience it and they're not going to grow and they're not going to learn how to deal with the pain. And then every time, every time something bad happens, you're there to protect this person. So then when you're not there and something bad happens, it completely, completely destroys them. Because for the last year, the last two years, you've been there and you've blocked everything from them. So you haven't helped them to stand strong on their own. And that's probably one of the biggest pitfalls of an empath is, is realizing that until you stop living in the past, until you stop with all the shame that, that you're, you're doing, with all this lack of self-respect, self-worth, self-confidence, everything that, that's going bad, that you should not be actively trying to help others. But what it is, is you feel so bad about yourself, you have such a low opinion of yourself that you want to help others. Because when you help others, they say, wow, if it wasn't for you, I don't know what I would have done. Or, wow, thank God you're in my life. You're a godsend. Oh, thank you for all that you do for me. So you're getting your self-worth from others. And that's a dangerous, dangerous game for an empath. Because what you're doing is you're actually hurting others by not allowing them to live through their own pain, pain that's necessary for their growth, pain that's necessary for their life challenges. And instead, you think you're doing good, but you're actually harming because you're going in there and doing that. And then when they when they're no longer around and you're they're not you're not able to protect them, you have no way of feeling good. So you'll be alone in the room and then your lone voice, the one in your head, is just saying all these negative, nasty things to you and you've got nobody to counter that. So I want to teach you how to be alone, how to look in the mirror, and how to quiet that voice that just tells you that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough. Uh, you're not, you know, all, all these different things. You're never going to be successful. You, you hear these words, you see these words, you know, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm old, I'm bald. I'm, you know, I have ugly hands, you know, whatever, you know, I don't like my teeth. Stop 
with that. Because you, until you begin to love yourself, until you begin to learn to trust yourself, until you begin to learn to be the person that you were meant to be, and that you are a wonderful, loving person who is co-creating life with a spark of divine energy within you. A lot of empaths don't realize, though, that, that they're co-creators that they have that divine spark within them, that they have abilities far beyond anything that they've ever thought of because they have the divine spark in them that every one of us has. But until we embrace that divine spark, until we say, hey, you know why I'm worthy? Because I'm part of the great consciousness. I'm part of the divine. I'm part of God. And that part resides within my physical form along with me. And I'm co-creating, I'm co-experiencing life. And together I'm making these choices and my choices have actions of consequences. And I'm making, I want to start making better choices so that I can have better actions and better consequences with my life. And I love when I do that because it makes me feel connected. It makes me feel strong. And it's very, very powerful and amazing when you can do something like this. But it takes time. It takes time. It takes work. It takes energy. But you have to realize that you're worth it. And you have to realize that when you do have self-esteem, self-confidence, self-love, when you have those three things, all of a sudden, you have self-respect. And people are like, that's all the same. No, it's not. They're, they're all different. They're all different degrees of self. So what you need to do is understand these different degrees of self and realize that when you've reached the point where you have self-respect and you realize how incredible and valuable you are, you start setting boundaries. Boundaries are so important for the survival of an empath. If you do not have boundaries, you are going to have a very rough and difficult life. Boundaries are something that are so important to an empath because it lets, it lets people know what they can expect from you. It lets you know what you can expect from others, and it lets you know what to expect from yourself. And a boundary can be something as simple as, okay, so what I'm going to do with my coaching business is I'm going to do 80% paid and 20% pro bono. Because I want to be able to give 20% of my time away. But I need the, and I want the 80% to make a profit so that I can live and support my family and have resources to live a good quality life and also have resources to help others. This is my chosen vocation, my chosen profession, and I deserve to be paid for my gifts because I've spent time developing them. 
I've spent time growing as a person, taking classes, working with coaches, you know, all, all of these different things, all my monthly subscriptions to, to all, all of these crazy things. I mean, seriously, if you look at my monthly subscriptions, it's like, oh my God, but I use and need every one of them for a certain aspect of something that I'm doing with, with my practice. And it, it's good. So I set these boundaries that 80% is going to be paid, 20% is pro bono. And I'm very good at monitoring that. I've set a very strict strict boundary, and I'm very good at monitoring that, and I know. And if I need to create a wait list at times, if someone can't afford for my services, I don't just turn them away. I try and, you know, I'll, I'll let give them some, some resources. That, that doesn't take much of my time. But then at the same time, I just don't want to take on a new client if they can't afford to pay me and do it for pro bono and have a, you know, a whole bunch of that so that I'm not able to make money. In your healing modality profession, you have to be able to make money to support you and your family. Because there's no, it, it, I mean, there's always that term of, oh, I'm just a starving artist, you know, for people in the creative industry and the artist industry and things like that. But being a healer, it, it does come with a lot of you giving your time away. There's a lot of trading, you know, people trade, trade stuff. And I, and I do that too. There's a lot of good trading that I do that really helps and benefits my life in a lot of ways. But you have to have that combination of paid versus trade versus pro bono work that you do. And you have to have this boundary that you set. And it has to be very rigid and inflexible so that you can survive and pay your bills. Because when you have enough money to pay your bills, when you have enough money to buy a house, when you have enough money to own a car that's not 15 years old, you it increases your level of self-worth and self-value and self-respect and self-esteem. So it, it, it's like this vicious little circle. It, it's a symbiotic relationship. I need money to feel good. I need to feel good to make money. And this is all... This is all really important stuff that you need to realize as an empath, setting these boundaries with yourself, you know, setting boundaries that you're going to commit to your schedule, that you're going to make time for you. I color code my schedule. So for me, things on my calendar are green. All my appointments that pay me, that I make money from, any tasks that I'm doing that, I, that, I, that is for making money is green. If it's pro bono, Anything that I'm doing to help someone that is in any way a pro bono or a volunteer or I'm working for a nonprofit, uh, I color code that yellow. Anything having to do with me time, anything having to do with my self-improvement, uh, anything having to do with self-care, I color code that blue. You know, so coming out with your own color codes for your calendar, whether it's, a, you know, a digital calendar or in a, a written form where you use highlighters, I, I just, I highly recommend because when you can look at your calendar, you see all these different colors, you kind of know what, you, if you're sticking within your boundaries, am I doing self care? Well, yeah, look at all the blue on here. Am I making enough money? Yeah. Look at all the green on here. 
am I still doing pro bono work enough that makes me feel good about myself? Yeah, look at the yellow I have on here. So this is just an example, but it's something that as an empath, you've got to set boundaries in order to be successful. And it's so hard to set a boundary because you'll sit back and you'll say it, okay, I'm, I'm creating this boundary. And then sure enough, a narcissist comes into your life or, or sure enough, something happens and your boundaries are out the window and you don't know what the heck happened. You're like, where'd my boundaries go? What, 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 what? <laughs> uh, but it's true. And it's happened to me. You know, that I have had some narcissists come into my life that I truly was fooled by. I had no idea that they were narcissists because they, they put on this front of how incredibly helpful and, and how incredible they are and how they're, they're going to, you know, how they're going to help, how they're going to do all these great things for you because you're doing great things for them. And it's like this, it, at first it seems like it's this big symbiotic relationship of, holy crap, you know, I, I found a business partner. I, I found a, a romantic partner. I found, you know, I found this incredible friendship. You know, that's what you're thinking to yourself. And it's all goes well for the first month. And then little, little things begin to slip. Little things begin to happen. And then you, you, before you know it, every boundary that you have is gone. You're simply existing at their pleasure. They, everything that you do, you do for them. You put all of your dreams and goals on hold because making them successful, making them money, making them happy is now a priority. And you, it's worth it because you know that when they become successful, they're going to share that with you and take that, take you with them. And it's going to be all these wonderful things. I'm sorry, but it does not work that way. Because as soon as you've given everything that you've been able to give, as soon as you wake up and realize, hey, this isn't right, let's go back to the way it was in the beginning, and then you're pushed to the side. So that's what a narcissist will do to you as an empath. So in order to survive that, you can never let your boundaries go. You have to keep your self-love, your self-confidence, your self-esteem so high so that you have the self-respect to create the boundaries that, that you need to survive. Being an empath is one of the hardest things that you can possibly do alone. So make sure that you're, you're reaching out and you're asking for help and you're trying to you're trying to find other empaths and you're trying to find other successful empaths who have discovered the keys and the codes and all the things that I've talked about during this podcast. You, you're looking for someone who's gone through all these things, who understands these things, who takes intention and gratitude and then meditates, who uses these tools so that they can be a very strong person. It's the power of no. Empaths don't have that. Empaths say yes, 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 yes to everything. Hey, can can you go to the airport at 2 a.m. and pick up my friend? I haven't seen her in a while, but I have to work the next day and I'm tired. So can you just go pick her up at 2 a.m., bring her to the house? Thank you very much. You're like, yes, yes, I'll do that. I'll do it for you. Meanwhile, this person gets a good night's sleep. The next day, you're dead tired for work. 
person to pick up the airport is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you know? And, and I use that story because it's actually happened to someone that I know. And, and I'm working with her. She's telling me that this had happened the night prior to our session because I was like, why are you so tired today for our session? And it, it ended up being like the theme of our session, you know? Uh, and and it's, it's crazy, but it, it's true. And it's like, that's what happens. So making sure that you're strong, making sure that you have boundaries, making sure that people don't take advantage of you. Reach out to someone, find a mentor, find a coach, find another healer who heals the healers. You know, if you have, any, if you guys have any questions for me, um, you can email me. My email is Dave at DaveOfTheFlames.com. You can follow me at Dave.Shep, S-H-E-P-P, on Instagram. Find me on Facebook at Dave Shep. You know, my website is DaveOfTheFlames.com. You can contact me through that. But if you guys have any questions, I'll, I'll always be, I'll always answer, you know, so, so please know that if you want to send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever, or even an email, I will answer you and I will help in any ways I can. Because what I want to do is help you to be strong so that you can help others be strong. So I'm, I'm looking to help people who want to help the world. And that should always be what you're doing. Everybody that you help has a chance to help 10 people. Those 10 help 10. Those 10 help 10. It's a cascading effect. You're being nice to someone. You're showing someone kindness. Is a cascading effect that will help so many people throughout the day. It's the little things that matter. Because the little things turn into big things quite easily with, with momentum and with, with the right amount of love and the, the you know just the highest vibration. So thank you so much. Please uh, please go to my podcast page if you can uh, to subscribe to it. Um, I gotta look it up. <laughs> Hang on one second. This is embarrassing. Where is it? Okay, so it's called. Uh, heal-the-healers.captivate.fm. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, so it's heal-the-healers.captivate.fm. I host my podcast on Captivate, um, and you get to build a little landing page with it. But it's great. It lets you see my episodes and go back and listen to previous ones if you just picked up on this one. Um, I hope you guys are having a great day and a great week. Uh, thank you for, for getting to know me. Um, I hope that something that I said helped you today. And again, if you have any questions, please reach out.